Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 168 of the podcast, and today I have an absolute treat for you. I can guarantee growing up you would have played Rob Angel's game. He is the creator of Pictionary, the most recognizable purchased board game in history, and I have him today with you. And the best thing about Rob is that... um, the, the whole the whole interview is Rob telling stories about the lessons he learned, how the game was created, his philosophies on life, and just so much more. And um, that's what I love. I, I know that the power of storytelling is massive, but when you can actually get it from the horse's mouth, the man that created the, the board game that has changed a nation, and play is such an integral part of that with not only the human connection, but the relationships it builds. And um, Rob talks about that today and so much more. So, guys, this is an episode that I've been trying to get Rob on for a long time. He's a super busy man, um, and I really appreciate his time. And I know that anybody listening to this should be able to take away lessons that can apply in school, at home, with your family, in your work, or just generally each individual to live a better life. So, sit back, relax. This is Rob Angel, the Pictionary Creator. Welcome back to the podcast. I've got Rob Angel here now, the creator of Pictionary, probably the most recognizable board game ever. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, mate. Now, the question I I'm a, I love board games, and I think they're such a fantastic way to obviously build connection, relationships, everything like that. So as a kid growing up, did you play a lot of board games? Yeah, I did. I grew up in a very tight-knit neighborhood. There was about 30 kids on a cul-de-sac and during the summer months or even during the winter, we'd all get together and play risk monopoly and clue. And I just formed this, this connection with people over board games since I was really young. Yeah. And I think exactly what you just said there, that the power of human connection and um, we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but have you found uh, that with obviously technology and social media taking over that um, board games are probably even more important these days because of what they foster and generate in that human connection. Yeah, absolutely. It's they're, they're making a comeback as well. I think a lot of people are starting to feel that and board games are, are relevant again. I mean, the, the social media and on your phone, as we all know, I mean, we all talk about trying to get uh, cut the tether and get back to our roots. Uh, but I think, you know, people and, and, and kids are just starting to feel it and actually participating. And it, 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 it's really great to see. Yeah, it definitely is. And so let's get straight into it, mate. So um, obviously, and the one thing I love about the whole journey of Pictionary is that you create it with your mates and uh, that it was something that you just started doing because you enjoyed doing it. So how how was the story born, mate? When, when, when did you start? Uh, it started, I graduated from college, moved in with three buddies. And one night, one of them asked me if I wanted to, if we all wanted to play a game. He called it Shreds on Paper, sketching words out of the dictionary to each other. I was 22 years old, waiting tables. And of course, you know, midnight after a couple of beers, I go, sure, let's play. <laughs> I, I love that. So, so was that a game that uh, your mate had obviously made up before, or did you just think of it on the spot? Uh, it just was kind of floating around, and and he kind of prompted it. We go, okay, let's let's do it this way, and so we all just started playing it. We'd stay up till you know two, three in the morning, sometimes till dawn, 
sketching words out of the dictionary to each other. And we just had such a blast. So I said, you know, one night, this would make a good board game. And that's that was the, the original seed to the whole thing. Nice. So how, how did you go from, obviously, and, and I think the proof's in the pudding that uh, you were staying up all night playing it and you, and you all loved playing it together. How did you then go from, all right, where this would make a great board game to actually creating Pictionary as it is today, Rob? Well, what I, what I wanted to do is because it was an emotional game. It wasn't just a game, a board game. We just had a ball. I mean, it was the emotion of everything we were doing. And I wanted to figure out how to put that into something tangible. And that, you know, obviously was a board game. And so I started thinking about it and I could visualize uh, the game itself, you know, what it would look like necessarily and put it in a game. And I'm 22 years old. And all of a sudden I said to myself, no, wait a minute, I'm just a waiter. I can't do this. I, I, I don't know marketing plans, business plans, how to run a business. Uh, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. And I got in my head and I started overthinking everything about the game. And I put it away for two years. I, I pretty much panicked and shut down. I didn't have the, uh, the mental strength to will myself forward. Wow. So, so that negative self-talk really, uh, you were your own worst enemy, really? Without question. It was, I couldn't get out of my head, as you say, the negative self-talk. Um, and I had to put it away, and I had to figure out a way to get past that. So I tried some other jobs. None of those worked. None of those resonated. And then uh, a couple years later, I was thinking about it, came across my notes that I'd written years earlier, two years earlier, and I had a different mindset. I said, okay, you know, I've, I've got this. I, I've got to do it. I can do it. But I broke it down. So instead of going all you know crazy with the thought of doing it all at once i said okay what is the simplest easy first step that i can take that i can manage that i can do well that was the word list making the words was the simplest thing so i went in the backyard with a dictionary pad of paper and a number two pencil <laughs> that was it I, I, I sat there and i'm sitting in a lawn chair and open up the dictionary and I looked for the first usable word that I could come up with. And I looked at it, and the word was aardvark, double A. So I write down the word aardvark. And in that moment, I got so excited. I mean, my eyes lit up. I'm sitting like a prairie dog with my head up. You know, anybody else see this? This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wrote down the word aardvark. And I just relished in that very small but significant victory. And so in that moment, two things happened. One, I was no longer a waiter. I was a game inventor just by writing the simple word aardvark. Uh, and two, that's how Pictionary got started. You know, I like to say it didn't start with this grand plan to be the biggest selling game in the world, this grand plan to take on all the other game companies. It was just the word aardvark. Mm. I, I, I think that's awesome. And there was, I, I took a couple of things out of that, Rob, that um, – Firstly, that I think it's important to um, do small steps, make things achievable and tick them off. So just doing aardvark, as you said, was achievable. You did that. But then the one thing I loved is that you celebrated that win. You look around to see if anyone else was there. So is that something you've always done in your life? You've celebrated the wins, you know, that you have um, not brushed them aside and said, no, next thing, push on, that you have taken time to, you know, really celebrate and congratulate yourself on those small wins. Um, yes, very much so. Recently, I realized that I got to start working out. So okay. I'm, 
So I bought these these TRX straps. You know, you put them on your door and you do all these different exercises. And I put those up, and they sat there for three weeks. And I just kept staring at them, and they kept staring at me. Come on, Rob. And I go, no, <laughs> no, they're busy. I can't do this. But it started gnawing at me that I wasn't getting started. So finally, one morning, it's like 7 a.m., I'm in my boxer shorts, and I'm going to get a cup of coffee. And I go, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I walked over, and I put the straps in my arms, and I did one push-up, dropped the straps, and said, that's awesome. That was <laughs> one push-up, right? And I go, I did it. I did one, one push-up. Guess what? Next day, I did two push-ups, and then it built from there. So, yeah, I was really excited for that one, uh, I'll say, four-second push-up. I, I think that, yeah, and that goes exactly what you said with obviously the creation of the game, that just doing something's better than nothing. And some people may be listening wrong going, one push-up, that's nothing. But as you said, you're building on that each day, and that's what I love. So when you look at Pictionary, were you a good drawer or were you a good guesser? Oh, my goodness. You do not want me on your team. Pictionary <laughs> <laughs> cannot draw. <laughs> that's <laughs> Mate, I, I love that. I think that's the most I, – because I would have thought you'd be the most artistic, creative person ever and the best drawer going. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, and I did the word list like 35 years ago. So if people want to be on my team, I, I, I talk them out of it. Uh, so I'm definitely on the guessing side. But <laughs> well, here's the deal. But here's the deal about Pictionary is that we all know – I think we all know it doesn't matter – if you're a good guesser or not, or a good drawer, you just have to get started because with that time limit, you've got, you only have a minute. You can't sit there and overthink it. You can't take forever to what picture am I going to draw? You just got to put the pencil and paper and go. And, and if it works great, but that's the beauty of picture. It's still fun. Even if you don't guess the word. So, you know, there's, there's failure involved certainly with each words, but you're enjoying it while you're doing it. And that's kind of the creative process as well. You know, you can fail at something, but if you don't get started, it doesn't matter. And, and and the beauty is that one minute later, you've got to go on to the next word. So you can't sit there and dwell on your failure. You can't dwell on you didn't guess the word. But if you guess it, of course, you can dwell on the success. But you only got a minute. You got to move on. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, a microcosm of business, life, and creativity. It really is. And it goes back to exactly what you were saying before about the negative self-talk, how it took you two years to actually get that aardvark down on the paper from the initial idea that the game sort of goes exactly against that, that you just have to get started. You get have to get the ball rolling. And I, I love that. And like you said, that can be used in business, coaching, school, anything, because that's applicable. So from there, Rob, once you've obviously got the word list down and everything like that, the first thousand copies, um, you, you and your three mates put together yourself. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said that, I'm not sure why I started laughing. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been a fun time. A few beers involved. Yeah, it was. There was um, no internet of the day, so we didn't know one company that could put all the pieces together and give us a completed board game. So we had nine different companies supplying us with parts. I went to the yellow pages, opened those up, <laughs> and said, "No." I need boxes. And I looked under the word boxes and I found a box maker and we did that. And then I went to the dice maker and the cube maker, excuse me, and all these different pieces and I had them all shipped to my apartment. All my, all my components shipped to my apartment and I couldn't even go to the bathroom without stepping on something. It was a little, a little cramped in those days. I didn't, didn't have a lot of stuff and I certainly had a small apartment. 
I think that's brilliant that uh, there's always a way to do things. And obviously, the internet uh, has made things so much easier these days. But from those thousand copies, so once you, I could imagine that would have taken a long time to put all the different pieces together because there's so many pieces in a Pictionary puzzle. Um, how did you then, you had this idea and you knew it worked with you and your three mates. How did you turn it into such a global empire? How, how did you go from those thousand copies? How did you start selling them? <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> we, I didn't know how to sell a board game. You know, I've been waiting tables forever. So as I like to say, I didn't know what the rules were because I didn't ask what the rules were. I just started selling. So my philosophy is pretty simple. If you sold anything, you might as well be selling Pictionary. We just wanted to get it in as many people's hands as possible uh, outside of normal distribution. Of course, we went to toy stores and, and game stores, but I walked down the street. I played a game with myself, put the game under the, my arm, and I put my, closed my eyes, and I'd think left or right. And whatever word came to my mind first, I'd go that direction. And whatever the first store I came to, I would sell to. And the first one, uh, uh, after we got the game put together, was a real estate company. And I'm going, okay. They, they should have a game on the counter when they sell the house, family values, and they took six games. I talked them into it. Now, <laughs> well, so they don't have sell games at uh, real estate companies. However, now people that never would have been uh, seeing the game have now visualized. They've seen it. So that's just one more way to get the game out there. My, my first account that I sold was the University of Washington Bookstore. Now, they, don't sell, they didn't sell games. This is 1985. Uh, May 30th, 1985. I can tell you the exact date. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I go to the appointment, and they don't sell games. But I, as I'm walking through for the sale to talk to the, the buyer, I notice they're selling cups, T-shirts, mugs, books, paraphernalia, all these different things. I'm thinking, well, if they could sell all this stuff and Pictionary, What's to hold me back from selling Pictionary anywhere? And that opened my mind and my horizons to where I could sell the game. And it worked uh, in Seattle like, like a charm. So, so you started obviously in Seattle and from there, um, once you got it into different shops and obviously I'm sure word of mouth would have been nearly your best uh, marketing tool because once people play the game, I'm sure they're going to talk about it because it is so good and that's why, I was, as you said, it's the most selling board game in the world. At this stage though, were, were your three friends still involved? Because I could imagine uh, the three of you, uh, the four of you working together would have been a really powerful team. The honest answer is no. No, okay. No, I, I always like to joke I'm the smartest guy I know because I know I'm not the smartest guy. I had to go with my skill set, which is creativity and vision and marketing and sales and, and the human connection. Those were I, I excel, and that was my skill set. I'm not good at operations, graphics, as we've discussed. <laughs> As we discussed. And so I needed, and I knew I needed to find partners to fill in those skill sets. It wasn't giving up control. It was, I need to put together the best team possible to get Pictionary to make it a success. To do that, my roommates didn't have those skill sets that I needed. We were all the same. And I didn't go behind their back. I didn't steal it from them. When I decided to work on the game uh, on my own with the word list, I called the other three guys and said, hey, I think I'm going to do something with Pictionary. 
are you? I didn't say I'm stealing it. I'm taking it. It's mine. I wanted to see if they were doing something. We could have talked it out. And they said, no. I said, okay, I am. And at that point, I, I effectively took ownership of the content. And, and so that's where that started. And then it took me another month or two, actually two or three months, to find uh, the partners to fill in the skill sets where they excelled. And we made an absolutely perfect team. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. Exactly what you said then, that uh, you're, you're finding people that complement the skills you already have. And, and by the sound of things, uh, you're probably mates with your mates because you all got stuff in common. You all do the same thing. You're probably doing the same thing at uni. Um, so how did you go about finding that perfect team, Rob? Because as you said, people that uh, have different skill sets to you will make you a better person or help you grow in the business and obviously creating Pictionary together. How did you find that perfect team? Uh, graphic. I, I knew I needed a graphic artist uh, for that skill set, and a gentleman I worked with in the restaurant I was working at. And he was just something about him. I liked the guy. We never talked business, uh, and he came on board when I asked him as a graphic artist. And then I needed, in effect, a COO. And I asked the gentleman to join me, and he said no. But I was doing a play test with Gary, the graphic artist, and this guy shows up. And he's a friend of a friend, and we start playing, and I'm sketching, and he's not guessing. And I look at him, and I say, "Don't you understand the concept of the game, right? You got to guess." He's just looking at me, and he's looking at the pad. He's not saying a word. So finally, the word is over, and he hasn't made one guess. And I look at him, and I go, "Come on!" What do, he goes, "I go, you're supposed to guess." He goes, "I have a stutter. I can't say my H's or my M's." The, the word was home. We cracked up. <laughs> It was awesome. I mean, we're having a ball. And it was the microcosm and the beauty of Pictionary. It's, even in failure, we had a good time. We were just having a ball with each other as teammates. And then we just switched sketching. And this bond created between us. Two guys didn't know each other. He couldn't guess. He got a little better during the course of the afternoon. But it was just the beautiful thing about Pictionary. We celebrated each of those. And you asked the question. Each of those little victories and every word we got right. That was a little victory. And we just kept going and going until we won eventually. And yeah. so, and that's how I found Terry. And it just felt right. They had this connection, this bond. And it just felt like he was the right guy. Mm. I, I absolutely love that. And, and Rob, one of the big things I believe in is that the power of play. Um, that when you are in the moment, I call it play-based mindfulness because you are so present, you're not thinking about anything else. So I can guarantee when people are playing Pictionary and they're guessing, they're drawing, and, and like you were with Terry Descendant, that you were so present and the connection you have is amazing. So um, from that, did you did that just flow into business? Did you keep playing the game every day? Did you? I know you said earlier that um, the game was fun and you wanted to keep it fun. Have you always done that in business and building the brand? Yes. Uh, once we started, to, if we ever took ourselves too seriously, that would sink us. Um, we were very dedicated. We were very focused. We were very businesslike, make no mistake. There was things to do, but we're in the game business. We want to have fun. So we took it seriously, but with a, with a dash of, uh, of, of, of fun to what we were doing. Uh, it was, it was really, really heady times coming out of the game because the, the industry was exploding with Trivial Pursuit. 
Yeah, and I think I think that's a, that's a really important thing that you've just mentioned there, Rob. That you've got to have fun because if you're not having fun, you don't want to do it, and and that's going to reflect in anything you do. So when you're thinking about you know if people have got a dream or a passion, and and like you did, and it took you a couple of years with that negative self talk or whatever. But what what advice would you give to people if they thought because as you said, board games are coming back, and there's all different things now that you could be so creative. Have you got any advice for people that? Like might have a passion but don't know how to sort of follow that dream? Yeah, I, I, without question, you've got to start drawing. Using the Pictionary analogy, you have to start. You've got to start taking those steps because we, we just overthink everything. And the thing is that if you make the wrong step, if you start in the wrong direction, that's okay. You know, it, it's not the end of the world. You turn around, you go a different direction. It's how I operate my life. It's called, I call it the open philosophy. And so you just have to keep taking those steps. And if you take three steps in the right same direction and it works, keep going. And then your passion will build. Like I said, when I started Pictionary, I didn't have a passion for game for being a game maker. I didn't have a passion for making money. I didn't have a passion or a dream for all these things. I just got started and all those built as I went along. It was about 14 months into the process after we launched that I said, okay, I can dream big now. Maybe I can sell a million games. But it took a process to get there. So enjoy the process, but get the process started. Yeah. I, I, again, there's, it's, it's amazing how many these, like from creating a game or whatever, that can relate back to life. And I think, as you just said, it is just about doing something because the only way you're going to learn, Rob, is by actually taking action. It's not by talking about it or thinking about it. It's actually going about doing it and taking those first steps. So let's fast forward to 2001. You've obviously created, as we've spoken about, Pictionary, probably one of the most recognizable board games ever. What was that like selling it to Martel? Was it a, a happy moment that you'd achieved something or was it a little bit sad? Bittersweet. Uh, I'd had the brand, and by then we called it a brand. It was no longer a game. It was a brand. I mean, we were the whole world knew about Pictionary, but we had 11 different products. We had television and all these different these things that were offshoots. But it was time. Uh, I had been with it for 19 years between launch uh, – inventing or starting and sale and so i was ready to move on but it was like my baby i mean i had nurtured that thing from you know infancy on to adulthood and when i sold it it was it left a hole uh i will admit i mean even though it was physically wasn't taking up as much time mentally it was and i i won't lie i went through something called the imposter syndrome i went through you know did that really happen did i really make that happen or was it just my partners or was it luck i know it sounds kind of goofy looking from the outside looking in but it was real it was that negative self-talk started coming back yeah that's it's really funny isn't it because really when and this is why people shouldn't judge other people but from looking at the outside in you've just sold an amazing company you should be feeling the best you ever have but inside uh you're feeling a little bit empty and you're feeling like am i uh you know what what do i do next so how, how did you get over that what steps did you take to get rid of that imposter syndrome rob uh i travel a lot no i just i just embrace life and i do that anyway so i embrace life and i just kind of look back and what I'd accomplished. It was hard for me to do, but you know, I started having these these conversations with people. And I remember I was at this restaurant shortly uh, when I was through this, 
And the waitress finds out I've been in a picture and she starts to cry. And I go, <laughs> I go, okay, uh, what's going on? And she said that when she was a kid, she was a foster child and she went into the home and that the kids didn't accept her. Parents wanted them to. And so she felt like she was an outcast and it was horrible times for her. But all of a sudden they brought out a Pictionary game and they realized she could draw. So everybody wants to be in her team. Everybody <laughs> wants to. Right. She's going, wait a minute. No, she went from, you know, the zero to hero, if you will. But it just changed her life. And that, looking back, that just really crystallized and helped me just understand the power of what my invention did. Some, you know, something that I created. And so same thing for, your, for people that are listening is that you don't have any idea what impact you're going to have with what you do. You just got to get out there and get started and see what happens with it. But there's consequences, and they're usually just beautiful things. So get out there and create something. Create a business. Create a life for yourself. And the influences you'll have on others is fabulous and dynamic. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Yeah, that's well. That that is beautiful, and I suppose is, are they the the proudest moments or memories you have? You know, of the uh, the memories you've created with families, or the impact you've had on people in such a positive way. Is that what you you sit back now, Robin, and, and you're really proud of, or is, is there other things that you know really sort of consume your thoughts of everything you've done? Yeah, I know. I've, I've managed to compartmentalize that, if you will. I, I totally appreciate hearing the stories. I love. I take that back. I love hearing the fictionary stories. Uh, but I'm embarking on a new a new career, and I've taken my first steps in my new path, which is, you know, kind of what we're talking about here. I love sharing my story. I love talking to people. I'm writing a book about my experience uh, that happened with Pictionary, and I want to share that. So that's kind of my new my new passion, my new dream is to uh, inspire people and just share my story and see what happens for them. Yeah, and and I love that. I know you've been doing a lot of speaking uh, to universities and businesses and so forth like that. Do you? Um, I know you've told a lot of stories already, but the power of storytelling is amazing, and I think that's why this podcast will be very captivating because you've used so many stories to back everything up, Rob. So, is there one story that you haven't mentioned yet that uh, is uh, might be like a lesson you learn of a failure or or something like that along the way of the Pictionary journey that is uh, like an all time favorite of your stories? <laughs> I don't know. I'm laughing at that. Uh, <laughs> let, let me, yeah, there's there's one, and it's a business lesson that we learned early on. Uh, we were going to license the game to uh, Milton Bradley. This was 14 months after we launched. We were very successful quickly, and to scale the business, we couldn't do it on our own. We needed we needed to license. We needed they would do the manufacturing for us and pay us a royalty, and I'm 26 years old and 27, excuse me, 27 years old. And they put together a packaging for us that they think was going to be better. We thought it was terrible. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. But so when the contract came for them to license, they would not put in writing. They wouldn't change the packaging. All I had to do at 27 years old is sign this piece of paper and I'm a millionaire. I wouldn't sign it. My partners wouldn't sign it because we learned and we knew, and it was our overriding business philosophy, our entire career was nobody will appreciate and respect Pictionary as much as we will. Mm. Nobody. Some marketing manager is going to try to change a little graphic and give it, make it his own little touch. Somebody's going to want to change, save a few dollars and put in a golf pencil instead of a big pencil. So we were the stewards of the brand. We were taking care of this product because nobody was going to respect it like us. And that 
also translated into our personal lives. Nobody was going to respect me more than myself. And as long as I do that, the decisions I make are going to be the right ones. I may fail. I may fail. But as long as I hold to that philosophy, I feel really good making the decision and going with the chips, uh, going with the chips where they fall. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just take care of yourself, take care of your business, take care of your product, and worry about you know all the rest of it later. It'll all happen. I, I, that's I, again, that's a brilliant story. I'm glad I, I'm glad I threw that question at you there, Rob, because I think you know a lot of times we do put other people first, or we worry about other things, and the last thing we do is we neglect ourselves. We forget to look after you know the most important factor in our lives, and that is ourselves. Because if we can't look after ourselves, then we can't look after anybody else, or any products, or any dreams, or anything like that. So I think that's a really good piece of advice for anybody listening. Now, Rob, I'm aware of your time, mate. I know you've got to get back to writing that book and you've got so much going on, but I've got a couple of questions that I love to finish my interviews off with. And one of them is, if you could look back to 18-year-old Rob from everything you've done now, from all traveling around the world, from speaking engagement, from creating Pictionary, everything like that, if you could look back from everything you've done and give 18-year-old Rob one bit of advice, what would that be? To say no more often. Not yes, but no, I've thought of this question, Dale, I'm telling you, and it kind of goes back to what we just said, is that I would tend to get myself into situations and do things that didn't resonate with me or I didn't want to do them, but I'd do them anyway and I want to do everything and the fear of missing out and, and starting a different business than I did. So I would just say no, I'd be more self-centered, meaning heart-centered than I was. And it worked out for me, make no mistake. So I, I did invent Pictionary, so it did work out, out okay. But just if I had have said no more often and took care of myself and took care of other things, uh, I don't know if life would have been different or better, but that is advice I would give myself. Mm, I, th- I often think about that as well, Robin. I'll find that uh, I think the older we get, we realize that we have to say no, but um, probably at the time, it's a really hard thing to do, isn't it? Because you don't want to let people down and you want to keep going and you want to do as much as you can. So um, I think that's great what advice. I, what, I found I would be, what I found I was doing is I wouldn't say no, so I would say yes to two different people on the same night and then ultimately I'd have to disappoint one of them. Ah, yes. <laughs> right? Because I didn't want to disappoint anybody, so I'd wind up disappointing everybody. <laughs> and, and then you'd probably probably disappoint yourself as well because you're stressed about, I've let someone else down, or um, it's just sort of a snowball effect, mate. Yeah, so there's three people disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. So the power to say no, and um, this is this question I normally throw at people, Rob, to finish off, is the legacy you want to leave, but you've probably left out of all the people I've been interviewed, you've probably left the biggest legacy with one of the most amazing board games ever. But is that what you want to be remembered for, the the creation of Pictionary and the, the impact of lives you've made through this amazing game? Or is there another legacy that you want to leave on the world? I Yeah, Pictionary is just something I did. Yes, I understand the... No, no, I don't understand. I appreciate what <laughs> Pictionary did for people and myself. So, yeah, I don't want to poo-poo that and sound ungrateful because... You know the gratitude I have for that was amazing and still is amazing. No, I want I don't want to be I want to be known for somebody that broke the rules, somebody that did what he thought was right, somebody that followed his heart, somebody that you know had gratitude as he went along and made things better at the best that I could, and that that other people can follow that example. Life is not complicated, but I tended to, and we all tend to make it complicated. So if my legacy is 
that people uncomplicate their life but just move forward with grace and style like I have tried to do, that's a great legacy for me. I'd be very happy if that was it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's beautiful, mate. And, and anybody listening, you can really adapt that and start implementing that straight away today. So, Rob, before you go, mate, your book, uh, where, where's the best place to go to pre-order or is it to sign up for your newsletter? How do we obviously sign up for this so when you launch it, um, we can all get a copy? I appreciate that. It's called Game Changer. If you go to PictionaryCreator.com, there's a button on there that you can um, – Join the mailing list. I won't be mailing you things, I promise. Uh, but I'll get your email so when the book is ready to come out in the spring, I will let you know when and how to get it. And you can also follow me on Instagram at, at @angelrob, which is A-N-G-E-L-R-O-B-B, two Bs, A-N-G-E-L-R-O-B-B. And I talk about being open. I mean, my whole philosophy is, is about being open in life, and um, that's when I follow, and it's worked for me. And that's where my my uh, my thrust is. So if you want to follow me there, you can do that. Perfect, Rob. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have uh, links in the show notes, guys. So if you're listening along, this is episode 168, and you'll be able to go on there. Um, it'll have a link to obviously sign up for the newsletter and also how to follow Rob on Instagram so you can check out everything he's doing. And I'm sure after listening to you today, mate, that um, people have such a, an appreciation for not only the board game you've created, but then also the lessons you've taught today uh, with obviously the creation of Pictionary, but the way you live your life, mate. And um, personally, I'd just like to really thank you for your time today, Rob, and, and for creating Pictionary because I had so many great memories growing up with that game. I, I'm not a very good drawer either, but I did like guessing. Um, so thank you for everything you've done, mate, and also for being on the show today. It's been an absolute blast. Absolutely my pleasure.